What's up, everyone? We're back for another episode of Locked On Bucks, post-game Locked On Bucks, and I've got a little bit of a smile on my face, but I would say that this game against the Philadelphia 36ers was more painful than I guess we probably hoped it would have been, particularly with the Bucks having a losing streak there. They really just needed to pick up a win, and uh, of course, this was one of the rare occasions, I think, this year where an opposition team actually had a longer injury list than the Bucks, so it was a must-win, but it took right until the final few minutes uh, to beat the Sixers here. Giannis was great. Grayson Allen was great. But there's some interesting talking points from this game, so let's get into it. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer! Bucks win I'm laughing about something I was about to do, Frank. I'm already making myself laugh, which is uh, which is pretty easy to do. But uh, you can find me and hear me and see me and everything else on this show uh, daily and also find my work over at ESPN and NBA Australia. And joining me is the founder of brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden. We thank you for making Lockdown Bucks your first listen of every single day. And today's episode is brought to you by McDonald's. Proudly serving communities since 1965, McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. Uh, I'm loving it, Frank. I was laughing because I had planned to do the, uh, they, you know, they give you some things that you can say or do, like when you have these lines to the start of the show. And it says that you can either like make a choice to say, I'm loving it, or you can, uh, or you can go like ba da ba ba ba, whatever the whatever the sound is. So I actually was trying to remember as the the intro video was winding up there what the sound was, and then I just started cracking up laughing. So whatever. Anyway, embarrassing stuff. The Bucks win this game one eighteen to one oh nine. It could have been embarrassing stuff if they weren't able to pick up this win, but they did win. They're five and six, uh, which is important because obviously they have the back to back in New York tomorrow. But this was certainly a game where I was watching thinking, geez, they're going to do it, aren't they? You know, Tyrese Maxey is going to hit a couple of threes. Danny Green's going to get hot. Cork Mares, the Cork man is going to knock down a few shots late in the fourth quarter. Thankfully, it didn't happen. Giannis was really, for a lot of this game, just trying to physically overwhelm the Philadelphia 76ers. He had a massive night. Grayson Allen came up with some clutch shots and they survived. And honestly, you know, we've spoke about it. It wasn't perfect. We can get into the reasons why, but... They just needed a win. They needed to win. They picked it up, and it was a bit of relief almost at the end of this game. Okay, okay, they're back on the winners list. This was really important. Yeah, I think the nine-point uh, final score. I think that was the the biggest lead they had all game. A bit yeah. uh, a bit flattering, um, given how how hard they made it on themselves. Uh, but as you said, I mean, you're four and six, and you know Philly obviously having had a really good start in spite of you know, off season of turmoil, the disappointment of the way they exited last year's playoffs, the Ben Simmons distraction, and now Joel Embiid joining uh, Tobias Harris on the injured list with, uh, with the COVID stuff. Um, yeah. I mean, you had to win this game. There really was not going to be any excuse. Uh, and I, I was having kind of a little bit of flashbacks to the game last year where Embiid was also out um, and Ben Simmons was, was available. And I think Tobias Harris, I think was also in that game. Um, and the Bucks needed overtime to win, even though they were full strength. 
um, and didn't feel like a very satisfying way way to win. <laughs> and that game also, yeah, I think Giannis had like only like two or four points in the first half. He wasn't quite as bad in this this first half, but um, really slow start for Giannis. And I would say not you know not a great game from him by his standards. But you know, just sort of goes to show how high the standard is for him and the fact that you know when you're a player as elite and at that you know very top of of the of the heap in terms of you know the best players in the world you know you can really not have your a game you know his jump shot his free throw shooting has kind of not been there these last couple games um but just sort of sheer force of will he ends up just getting it done came up big in the second half and in the fourth quarter and you know those two uh, blocks on switches when he had, I think it was Shake Milton on the first one and Tyrese Maxey on the second. Um, just sort of showing you, you know, yeah, I mean, even when he's not playing that well, you know, he ends up at the night at 31 points, 16 rebounds, four assists, a couple blocks. And, um, you know, it, it felt like the Bucks were lost when, when he wasn't on the court, especially with Drew Holiday continuing to struggle offensively as, as he fortunately has continue to look like playoff Drew Holiday uh, here these last couple of games since coming back from the injury. doesn't still is, is not finding his rhythm, but um, fortunately, you know, Giannis's bar is extremely high, even when he's not at his top game. And, um, you know, Grayson Allen was terrific tonight and Bobby Portis also starting to really come around offensively in his second game as a starter as well. So uh, not a work of art, not someone, someone to write home about this game, but as you said, a necessary win and, you got enough contributions from other guys, um, including obviously Grayson, uh, Bobby, and also Shemi Ojale, question mark. Um, that was uh, also a, a much needed boost, especially given that he hit some threes when the Bucks were kind of <laughs> just struggling to get anything going. I think, yeah, I think Shemi's 11 points. So there might have been a bucket in the second half, but I think most of them came in the first half, which was when they were down uh, 48-35 there at one point. But just to continue on with Giannis, I mean, you mentioned it wasn't his best game, and certainly from an efficiency standpoint, I would agree. I mean, he gets to 31 and 16, which is obviously a huge night, 12 for 26 from the field, and you mentioned the free throw struggles, only 7 for 13. But this is really what separates him, and this is why uh, this is why he is who he is and why he's a superstar, but also why, if you're a Bucks fan, there's, there is at least a little bit of concern about the the minutes he's playing and, and the, the load he's having to carry because he just won't stop. And this was a game where... Yeah, look, he was struggling. But once he, particularly when he was on uh, Niang there for a while, every time he got the ball, he's just like, give me the damn ball. And I'm going to be like a bull, like a raging bull. And I'm just going to charge at him. And the physical toll that that takes just has to be incredible. Like he has to be exhausted out there. But he was like, we are not losing this game. I Just give me the damn ball and I'm going to go at this guy. And and I was lip reading there. But I think it was during the third quarter when Niang sort of turned around and he was talking to the official. But I like to personally think that he was just talking to the to the to the air to the to the sky. He was just like, "What am I supposed to do?" Because there was nothing he could do at that point with the way Giannis was attacking him. And funnily enough, uh, I actually thought that you know Paul Reed, as annoying as it was that he was like talking a little bit of shit after one block, and then things turned pretty quickly for him, and he didn't do much after that. But uh, you know, he actually probably defended Giannis the best. Outside of that, Niang had no luck. Andre Drummond is just a I don't even know what's the point of even having him out there. I actually had a flashback in the first quarter. I heard through the the mic that Andre Dummond, uh, Andre Andre Dummond, Andre Drummond did the 
Hell no, when Giannis shot the ball. And it reminded me back to the first round series a couple of years ago where Drummond was about a minus 120 in four-game sweep. So, you know, Andre Drummond, you would think he would have, like, stopped doing that, but here we are. He still somehow has the self-confidence. And in an era where people sometimes do struggle with, you know, self-confidence and, and getting themselves fired up, at least that's something for Drummond to take home. Yeah, it's a sort of funny. I mean, you know, Andre Drummond tonight, you know, 13 points, sorry, 17 points, 20 rebounds. Hey, really good Andre Drummondite. But it's just like, you know, and again, not you always want to be careful not to over-index on single game plus minus, but they're minus 12 with him on the floor. And yeah, I don't know, it just, it just, it, it's it felt like this for years with me. Like, I just like the Bucks odds better when Andre Drummond's on the floor. And, and of course, he's going to get some tip-ins. You know, he had seven of the uh, Sixers, 13 offensive rebounds tonight. Um, it felt so, early, you know, didn't it? I don't know if you feel like early, he, it looked like he was going to have a monster night, then it just kind of tailed off. Yeah. And I mean, he had that one, like he had a couple like pretty random like tip ins yeah. that I was almost like, did he tip that or did like a buck accidentally tip that? And I think there was one of those in the fourth quarter. Um, but, you know, at, and even with the Sixers getting 13 offensive rebounds, you know, they only had seven turnovers and they didn't take a lot of free throws. So they just took a ton of shots tonight. They took 103 shots versus the Bucks, 95. So they ended up taking a ton of shots tonight. And so there were a lot of rebounds to be had. So actually the the Bucks defensive rebound rate, 75.5%, um, which is pretty good. I mean, definitely better than average for them this year. Uh, and generally, like, that's that's totally fine, you know. Um, so as much as, as he was a factor on the offensive glass, overall, Bucks did okay. Um, and, you know, I, th I think in general, second game down in a row, we've seen Bobby Porter starting with, with Giannis. And I think a big part of that is simply because they just want to give Giannis some, some help on the boards, allow him to not have to play center again tonight, you know, against Drummond. I don't think Giannis is afraid of, you know, Andre Drummond posting him up, but it obviously, you know, he's a tenacious offensive rebounder, if nothing else. So, um, so yeah, I mean, you know, I think you look at the numbers, um, felt like the Sixers were hitting everything early. Tyrese Maxey had a terrific, what, 17 points in the first quarter, I think. Mm -hmm. And Yang was five out of seven from three. I mean, there was a reason he was in the game so much because he was shooting the ball so well. Five of seven uh, from three, 21 points. Um, but, you know, it just felt like the shooting was very, uh, was very kind of early weighted. I think what the, the Sixers have 37, 39 points in the first, first quarter, 39 to 30 led in the first quarter. And then, um, they had a weird yo-yoing game, 39 points in the first quarter, 19 in the second quarter, then 35 in the third quarter, and then 16 in the fourth quarter as the Bucks outscored them 27 to 16 in the fourth. So, um, yeah, it just, it, it felt like, especially, um, after that initial burst, the, the Bucks started to just straight up switch more, which given the lack of kind of, you know, again, th this is a, a this is nowhere close to the the quote unquote real Sixers team. Yeah. Um. It, it felt like they just didn't have guys who could take advantage of kind of one on one matchups. You didn't have Embiid obviously down in the paint. You know, if the Bucks switched a smaller guy onto a big, so it, it just felt like the the Sixers kind of struggled when a lot of the the open looks, um, you know, kind of uh, went away and uh. You know, I give the Bucks credit, especially in the fourth quarter. It just felt like felt like a lot of really difficult contested uh, threes and jump shots from from the Sixers. And um, you know, Bucks point points in the paint obviously has been an issue for the Bucks without Brooke, Brooke Lopez um, and without the size they've been used to. You obviously have Portis back now, but Bucks forty eight points allowed in the paint, not great, um, but uh, fifty two points in the paint scored, one hundred twenty offensive rating, 
didn't feel like this was a great offensive game for the Bucks, especially, you know, with the way that, that Drew in particular was struggling. But overall, um, you know, a really good offensive performance, especially for the given the way the Bucks have been uh, playing offensively this year. And, you know, 39% from three, 15 to 39. Solid. Yeah, you'll take that. That was pretty much where like an average game for them last year. Um, but the way that they've been shooting, I thought um, was really nice to see not just the, the overall shooting numbers of the game, but when it mattered, you know, Grayson Allen, I think Connaughton and, and Portis, I think all had um, big threes that, that kept the, the Sixers at arm's reach and eventually made this game not feel too, uh, too dramatic in the end, which I think none of us wanted to, to see too dramatic of a game here at the end, given the circumstances. Yeah, just on the off chance there are any Sixers fans that are like listening to this podcast, to be clear, uh, this isn't exactly a win that I think you're bragging about if you're the Bucks. Yeah. So don't don't get the the wrong idea here when I when I slander Andre Drummond. I mean, this has been an ongoing thing for multiple years, so it has nothing to it has, it has nothing. I mean, to Sixers just... fans have been slandering Andre yeah, Drummond yeah. for years too, right? So I mean, yeah. no, no, that's true. Yeah, they probably 100 percent agree. I just wanted to just wanted to clear that up. Uh, but the Bucks are in Philadelphia, and when we're when they're in Philly, I always enjoy seeing usually our friend Eric will go and pick up a, a Philly cheesesteak. I reckon if I was in Philadelphia, I'd pick up a Philly built bar. Uh, they actually taste the same as everywhere else, uh, but you're in Philly and it's just, a, it's a great snack. So as we're on the road to Thanksgiving, all the good food and treats, uh, there's plenty of them, but maybe you want a yummy dessert that isn't so full of calories and sugar. It's the perfect time for built bars. Built bar is the new holiday dessert in case you were wondering. So feast on some something delicious and feel good about it. One slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories that's on the low end. Most Bill Bars are only 130 calories and only four grams of sugar with plenty of protein. Replace the coconut cream pie with a coconut Bill Bar. Or go for a raspberry Bill Bar instead of a raspberry pie. There's lots of good flavors to replace any pie. I just said pie about 17 times in the last 10 seconds. They're low calorie, low carb, low fat, and high protein covered in 100% real chocolate. Just go to built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Uh, as I said, right at the top of the show, uh, we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen of every single day. Uh, like we've been saying here, if you want a second podcast to listen to, there's a bit going on in Packers land. I know we have a lot of Packers fans. Maybe listen to our friend uh, Peter Bukowski over at Locked On Packers. He'll have you covered there. Uh, you mentioned Grayson Allen a couple of times there, and obviously he hit the the big three, what felt like the the final, you know, nail in the coffin, whatever you want to call it, from the corner right in front of the Bucks bench. Uh, but geez, this guy's being consistent. I mean, you talk about all the the injuries that the Bucks have had. Grayson Allen has probably been the Bucks' second best player this year. I don't even know if you, there's there's any dispute about that. The fact that he's been out there every night, he's scored double digits every single night. I think he's scored twenty plus in three straight games now. It hasn't always translated to wins, but I don't think it's necessarily his fault. There was some interesting conversation post game around Grayson Allen, and uh, I I was enjoying. And you'll see this if you go on the Bucks social. I'm sure they'll post the clip eventually, or they would have by the time you're listening to this. But Grayson Allen's smile as he's talking about playing with Giannis just stuck out to me. And and I didn't get a chance to ask Grayson the question, but I wanted to ask him. There's dominant players around the league, but he's clearly been on teams where they've been on the other end of Giannis tonight, just physically overwhelming a team. And I wanted to know what it's like to be standing there and being on the same team because the one of the, the good answers that he gave is that uh, when he was asked about being ready and being in the, the right spots and running to the corners, and he basically said, yeah, he goes, it's kind of hard sometimes because... 
I, I see Giannis and I know that if he wants, he can just get a layup. So in my head, sometimes it's kind of like, oh, well, do I even need to go to the corner? Because you can just score anyway. But then he trusts us and we'll actually pass the ball there. So if you don't run to the corner, it's going to be a turnover and you'll look like an idiot. And it was just one of those, those funny comments that he is only 10 games or 11 games now into playing with Giannis. He's still very open about the fact that now he's just starting to feel comfortable about where to be, where Giannis can actually find him and the fact that he has to stay on the move all the time. But yeah, he's, he's just been great. He's been great. And honestly, defensively, I don't know if you've seen anything specifically, but we've seen him at times through sometimes necessity. He's had to defend, you know, arguably the, the best guard on, on the opposition team. And it's not like he's a lockdown defender, but he's he's not. We, we've made the comparison before just with Bryn Forbes in terms of how he can get picked on. I don't think he's that guy either. I mean, I, I'm just really, really impressed I'm, I, with, with what he's been able to do so far. Yeah, I think he has a, you know, he's competitive enough defensively, yeah. I think. Uh, you know, does he navigate screens as, as well as you'd like? And maybe, you know, maybe not. Yeah. Um, is he kind of the defensive playmaker that, that that Dante DiVincenzo is? No, but he does make defensive plays. And, you know, he, you know, the, the, the they, they obviously need everybody to be committed to the defensive glass in order to sort of survive right now, given the, the lack of size that they are, are playing with frequently. Um, and I think we've seen, uh, you know, him, come in and um that there were he had a a, a, an important rebound late in the game george hill we should just give a quick shout out george hill just like oh snatching it (laughs) just just like almost went over the back of andre drummond and just kind of like ripped the ball out of his hands um which was you know a a big play at the time i forget if the bucks were up four or what the margin was at that point but um but yeah i mean i think with with the guards i think that's obviously a really important thing always you know from a team defense team rebounding standpoint but especially right now when you're playing small um you know if you have guards that that are willing to kind of battle um a little bit um that's obviously really important and you know just just two rebounds for him tonight i think he's at like four and a half or something like that for the the season he's at four four rebounds per game of the season um but uh but yeah i mean I, i think the the one thing i think will be interesting to see i mean i think he's been um Obviously, the shooting has been great. He's been getting tons of open looks. I, I haven't looked at it. I'll, I'll, I'll try to look at it here while we have a, a moment. Um, he was leading the league in wide open threes by like a big margin. He had like over six per game uh, when I checked like a week ago. And I think last year, the most anybody averaged was four and a half. And the Bucks, the most, the Bucks were led last year by Giannis, who averaged three wide open threes per game for obvious reasons. So it's not like the Bucks have been this team that just manufactures wide open looks for like Bryn Forbes. Bryn Forbes had like, I think under two uh, wide open threes per game last year. So the chemistry obviously is really good right now. Um, As far as, you know, even early on here, I think knowing where to be in defense is obviously really keying on Giannis, especially with, you know, Chris out and Drew having been out for extended periods. So, um, you know, I think he'll start continue to obviously get more comfort and familiarity, but I thought that three he hit late, um, Yang Yang was was having to defend Giannis and you know kind of fell down I think trying to to sucker the refs into a push off foul on Giannis and um, you know Allen did a nice job of sort of tracking Giannis's drive and kind of fading into the corner um, wide open for that look and you know he buries it off a nice Giannis kick out and um, you know a fitting way to kind of cap this game given that uh, obviously Grayson Allen you know 25 points 
uh, had his you know, probably his most impactful game as a Buck so far. But um, I will call you out, Kane. He, he did have a one single-digit game. It was in the Detroit game, ironically. He only scored eight points in 21 minutes. Um, but other than that, yeah, he's been, you know, for a guy who's obviously heavily dependent on, on perimeter shooting, been really impressive just his like kind of night to night consistency as far as just i think he's one of i think it was said on the broadcast one of only a few guys that has hit two threes in every game so that level of consistency has been obviously really important especially on a team that has not has not shot the ball consistently at all uh but he's obviously one guy that that has and he's at 64 percent true shooting right now 41 and a half percent from three on over eight three pointers attempted per game obviously he's playing really big minutes right now 29 minutes per game um you know, 15 and a half points per game, you know, we'd expect that to come down over the course of the season when Chris comes back, you know, when Brooke comes back, when you have uh, some more offensive options on the table, I don't know that he's going to play 29 minutes per game. Hopefully you get Dante back mid season and that allows you to, you know, play Grayson maybe a little bit less, but, um, but yeah, I mean, he's obviously that, you know, we really like that acquisition when it happened and he's been everything you could have hoped for and, and more. Yeah, I normally, you know, it's just, uh, again, I, I don't want to be bashing on the Pistons too much here, but I normally erase those games from my memory, and I, I must have done that in this case. Uh, one thing that I found interesting that you said that, because I haven't looked at anything outside of just the, the raw three-point numbers there, but with those wide-open attempts, I think that bodes well for the future, right? If the fact that he's generating, or he's not generating, but the, the offense is able to generate that many open looks for him without drew and chris in the in the offense that seems like a positive yeah i mean i guess you could say well you know teams are going to load up on Giannis no matter what (laughs) yes but um i was gonna say i mean i think people probably become a little bit more aware of him as the season goes on but you know i mean it's pick your poison right um i i think if Giannis is uh you know we we saw tonight i mean Giannis loves going from the the left block baseline so much and um you know so often he's just he scores anyway just because he's so strong and he can just bully people but um but teams you know they know that's coming they load up it's not to say it's like always Grayson Allen's guy but um but when they really load up and bring the extra defender whether they're bringing that defender from the baseline side or from the middle uh, it certainly does you know collapse the floor and somebody's going to be open right it, it may not always be, be Grayson Allen per se but um, you know, I think he's, he's figuring out how to play off of Giannis. I think one thing I, I am curious to see is we really haven't seen Grayson, um, serve as, as kind of more of a playmaker. I mean, I think he has, I think he has some of that in his game. Um, you know, he's not a point guard, but, uh, I think that's an interesting thing that maybe sort of the next level that we'll see if it can be unlocked or not, you know, maybe it just doesn't happen, but, uh, can he unlock Giannis as a role man, um, or, or is he just going to be, you know, more of just that that spot up type shooter, right? It, you know, we, we know he can do that now. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see if if he can be that kind of second side pick and roll guy. You know, I think where he's comfortable looking for his own shot out of pick and rolls, um, but that would be kind of next level if he can also use that to to be a little bit more of a, a playmaker himself. I think he's only at like one and a half assists per game so far this year. So obviously his his focus has been on shooting, and it's working out quite well so far. Ah, Forbes, you could only dream of 1.5 assists per game. Yeah, Frank. seriously. And, it's like uh, 1.5 assists per month. For, for 
Ah, <laughs> uh, we love Green, by the way. We're not we're not talking shit about him. By the way, there was that one play tonight where Grayson Allen was rolling into the basket, and I was sort of like, was like, oh, he's about to throw a lob. I don't think we're seeing this, but no, he just shot a floater. And yeah, Giannis, a floater. Giannis sort of jumped up. It would have been easy, but I want to talk about uh, those lobs to Giannis. So I, I tweeted something about the officiating. Uh, Bud was asked about it after the game, but when we were talking about the over and under. Uh, for this team, I think it was 54.5 over at betonline.ag. You might be feeling a little bit nervous about that if you went the over at this stage. Maybe you're still confident they'll get rolling. Who knows? Uh, but you can check that out uh, at betonline.ag, which remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. You can head to the new and updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On to receive your bonus there from basketball, football, Baseball postseason, that's done. Come on, we got to update this. NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sport on your all your favorite sports. Let's bet online where the game starts. Uh, so Bud was asked this post game. There's a bit of people talking about it on Twitter. Drew Holiday. Uh, just thought he was going to upgrade the NBA Finals play. He's like, I'm going to get a steal this time. And instead of your standard uh, lob, I'm going to throw it off the glass in traffic to Giannis steaming down the lane. It was unbelievable. I was fired up when I saw that. Uh, Giannis maybe would have finished it, but Drummond gave him a big shove in the back when he was in the air. And he didn't even get free throws for it. And this happened a couple of times. I'm not, I don't like this rule. And, you know, Eric commented on it said okay well safety is actually the main concern yeah i get that you don't want to be shoving people when they're in the air but i don't understand if it's going to be an easy lob and it's going to be an automatic two points i don't know why it's side ball i think this this needs to change i don't like it do you care about this at all or is it just me you know i remember thinking about it back when um not not in the moment but after the value play yeah and thinking like well what if chris paul had had managed to push Giannis? Right. Yeah. Before right. he before he caught the ball, right? And I don't I don't even know. Like, I mean, if you go back and watch it, like when does Chris Paul start to push him relative to when he catches it? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I remember offhand. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's one of those rules. Like, I, I get it, you know, I understand why, like, um, you know, if a guy doesn't have the ball and you foul him, like you, that that's itself isn't a free throw if you're not on the bonus. But um, but yeah, that that would have been a a pretty pretty fun uh, fun play. I thought I, I we might as well at this point talk about the other, um, Ooh, value, yeah. which, had a, which had a much better result. Um, but I don't remember how much time was there a minute left something. Um, it was literally as I Eagle was going into his Sixers really need to stop, um, <laughs> line. And then literally, and then a second later drew, uh, just throws it over top. Giannis, um, had George Nyang fronting him and basically just, you know, goes over top, uh, for, for a, you know, for him, an easy uh, two-handed alley-oop dunk. But, I mean, from a just skill standpoint, to throw that pass um, and to, you know, have the coordination to catch, finish the way Giannis did, I mean, that that is not easy. That is, you know, two elite players making the play. And, um, you know, you can kind of – I mean, we saw Chris last year became you – know, Chris threw tons of alley-oops to Giannis, even from, you know, side out of bounds last year. Um, he also, I would say – uh, was very bold, uh, including in late game situations, throwing lobs, some of which went very awry. Um, but it was funny that Drew threw that one tonight because it's like he threw it. And I was like, man, that's a gutsy throw. But then it's like, yeah, 
pretty much the the bar is impossibly high for the is is Drew Holiday going to be willing to throw an alley oop to Giannis <laughs> yeah. in a big pressure moment situation? Like he's pretty confident at this point. <laughs> he's he's not, nothing's going to spook him uh, after you know the, the alley oop he threw in Game Five. You know, one of the most consequential alley oops in NBA history. I don't I don't know where it would rank on on all time important alley oops. So it's got to be right up near the top. Um, so, so that was, that was kind of funny, but, but yeah, they, they at least still, still have it a little bit there between the, in the alley-oop game. Yeah. 59.8 seconds left. Uh, that made it one sixteen to one Oh nine. So it was a big bucket at that time. And as you pointed to, and this was something, uh, you know, Yana spoke about post game that that has been a play, uh, that, uh, that Chris has obviously done and yeah, with Giannis and they've had a pretty good chemistry with over the years. So Drew Holiday altogether, only eight points. Uh, he had a couple of nice finishes, but yeah, I mean, he he really is still just working his way back. He was four for fourteen from the field, zero for three from three, and we saw again tonight with Drew Holiday. He only played thirty-one minutes. Giannis was up at thirty-six. Bobby Portis actually said, "He said I can't remember the last time I played this many minutes in a game." He said, "This is unbelievable." He had a huge smile <laughs> on his face. Uh, he, he was he was just loving it. But yeah, I mean, it, it's tough. I, I started to get, you know, people tweeting. The Fire Bud stuff. The Fire Bud campaign was back for a little while in this game, Frank, if you can believe that. And a lot of it surrounded the third quarter minutes again. And we saw this in the Washington game. And and again, I can't bring myself to get angry at Bud for these rotations right now, given the situation. But, you know, we saw it. And and I know, you know, people were shocked. They thought that you were you were too hard on, uh, on my guy, Justin Robinson. But look, again tonight, I mean, he only played 11 minutes. He was minus 12. And that stretched at the end of the third quarter. It felt like the game was was getting out of hand. You've, you, the Bucks were comfortable, and then you had to try and keep your head above water with the Giannis off the floor, Drew off the floor, Grayson Allen off the floor, and they just couldn't do it. They just couldn't create anything. They couldn't score even against a depleted Philadelphia team. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to blame Bud for that. I, I don't know, you know, really, he could put Drew on the floor if he wanted to. You can't play Giannis 45 minutes. It's a difficult situation, but those, those minutes in back-to-back games late in the third quarter have been a brutal. Uh, well, programming note here, uh, Bobby Portis, last time he played 35 minutes was game five of the Eastern Conference Finals. He played okay, 36. please, can we, can we get regular season check, please? Let's see how quick yeah, you are. He did play 36 minutes in that uh, that Hawks game in which he had 22 points. Obviously, uh, a lot of Bobby Bobby chance um, yeah. that night for, for him. But but yeah, I'm, I'm just scanning. Uh, he played 35 minutes in the loss in Dallas last year. I believe that was one that Giannis missed. He scored 20 points and had 14 rebounds, but eight out of 19. Uh, that was the game where Chris was horrendous and uh, they just were leading for a while and then just completely just died in the fourth quarter. But anyway, um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I think we talked about it last game. I, I think uh, the, the starting lineup last game, I think, seemed to be a very clear, you know, start my best players uh, type of lineup. And he did it again tonight. Uh, I think the upside is, you know, takes Giannis, some of the pressure off Giannis to be defending big guys and be having to do all the work on the glass when you have Bobby out there. Uh, the other thing I think you kind of alluded to, though, with, you know, Drew and, and Giannis overlapping a lot. Um, I think, again, part of it's just because, I don't know, I think he's just sick of seeing Giannis have to, yeah, yeah. you know, quarterback the offense from... 30 feet out uh, every, every time down the floor um, in like kind of random middle quarters and things like that. So uh, trying to, I think maybe put Giannis in more positions where you can be a little more of a role man and, 
and not having to to carry that sort of point guard burden, which he's he's actually done done a fair bit. But I mean, yeah, the some some of the lineups um, because of that, they're not great. But you know, you look at the rotation again tonight. Uh, only three guys on the injury report. Obviously, there were three three very important guys in terms of Chris, Brooke Lopez, um, and and Dante. But um, only nine guys played tonight. And I think kind of continuing some of the theme from Sunday um, tonight, there was no Thanasis. Uh, Rodney Hood is healthy, but has been DNP CDing, um, so that's notable. Not a good sign. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, we didn't talk about Jordan Wara, but Jordan Wara actually, I thought, gave them a nice little uh, a nice little bump, especially in the first half. Um, you know, Ojale obviously four for four, including three triples, eight rebounds, um, a steal, eleven points. Obviously, that was by far his best uh, performance so far. Um, but, uh, yeah, just Ojale, Wara, Connaughton and, and Justin Robinson still getting 11 minutes off the bench. Um, uh, you know, other than Robinson at this point, you know, the other three guys, you know, you could see, you could see them being rotation guys all year long, even, even when healthy. So, um, so, but I think, you know, kind of consciously saying like, all right, you know, for a second straight game, every starter played 30 plus minutes which is, is interesting, right? I don't think we saw a lot of games like that last year because Brooke, you know, Brooke didn't play huge minutes typically. Um, but especially with, you know, the, the shortage in the big man rotation, you know, if, when Giannis and Bobby are starting together, obviously both those guys are going to have to play 30 plus minutes, you know, if the game's close. So, um, so yeah, what a novel thought player, best players, um, maybe still some opportunities <laughs> to play your best players in a more staggered way, but, um, you know, that's one of the trade-offs the Bucks are gonna gonna have to figure out. And um, you know, Giannis, his we talked about his plus minus the other day and his net sort of on-off rating plus thirteen tonight, um, with him on the floor, minus four with him off the floor. So um once again, when Giannis is, is there, good things tend to happen. So we'll look ahead to a game against the Knicks and we'll be back uh, post-game or we might be back post-game. I've actually got NBL media day tomorrow, Frank. First time I haven't had to do a Zoom thing. I'll actually be there. Our, our guy Dally is going to be there. It's going to be like old times. We'll be able to discuss the old Milwaukee, uh, you know, memories we've got there when he got traded away. But uh, anyway, Dally will be there. It'll be good to catch up with him. But the Bucks will have the Knicks and that'll be interesting to see because tonight you talk about the minutes on the front end of a back-to-back and Bud kind of specifically around Giannis spoke about it tonight the fact that you know they're very conscious they are very conscious of the the wear and tear that he's he's playing through now and and what he's going through he did say that uh, even after all these years but uh, Giannis is not exactly the best uh business partner when it comes to negotiating <laughs> reducing minutes for him he, he doesn't exactly want to come off the floor and you can understand why but uh, thankfully they banked the front end of this one so uh, we'll see. I mean, tomorrow night might be one of the situations. I know they're not going to go into the game thinking they're going to lose, but maybe if they're down big at halftime or something, they will go into management mode there. I'm not 100% sure, but it'll be interesting to watch because uh, he's obviously been doing a lot to start the season. But uh, it's always fun at Madison Square Garden. Giannis has had some good memories, Frank. Yeah. Uh, some, you know, like most great players, I think Giannis enjoys the the stage of, of Madison Square Garden and um we'll see i i don't know so often with these bucks with these games now i just kind of like try to think like well what's going to happen it's like well you know are the bucks going to shoot well or not and in previous years including in the finals run obviously they 
they were a team that even though they shot lots of threes, they could overcome bad shooting nights because of the size and offensive rebounding and um, just the individual talent and the fact that Chris can go to work from mid range and Giannis can obviously go to work in the paint. Uh, but right now it, you know, certainly feels a lot more like man night to night, these games are going to come down to kind of, you know, the bucks actually shoot make threes or are they going to, you know, shoot 28%. And if they're gonna shoot 28%, you know, you're probably not going to win a game at MSG with, with the fact that the, the Knicks are obviously playing at a, at a pretty high level right now. So. Yeah, well, there's a bit of a revenge factor, perhaps. That yeah. Was, you know, kind of an embarrassing loss last week after winning by 20 points. So uh, maybe they'll be motivated there to bounce back from that one. Uh, also, don't forget to check out the Lockdown Fantasy Basketball Podcast with me, good mate, Josh Lloyd. He'll keep you up to date with everything you need to know from a fantasy basketball perspective. So uh, that's the Lockdown Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Check that out. As far as Lockdown Bucks goes, we thank you for listening again today. Uh, subscribe to those watching on YouTube or if you're listening and you haven't subscribed on YouTube, jump on, hit the button. Even if you only, you know, watch one a week and listen to the others, we still really appreciate that. Uh, but for Frank and myself, the Bucks finally won. You know, we're, we're, we're greedy here now. We're greedy here now. We expect wins all the time. One game winning streak. Woo, one game it's, winning streak. It's a streak. It's it's definitely a streak. I'm counting it. So Bucks and Knicks tomorrow, as we said. Uh, we'll be back at some point to wrap that up, whether it's tomorrow or the next day. But uh, keep your eyes on the channel feeds there. And we'll have something. We'll have something going on for you guys. We appreciate you listening. For Frank and myself, catch you next time.